Hey, how's it going, y'all? Podcast people, welcome back to another episode of the Off Top Podcast, otherwise known as the... Lo, did you watch the draft podcast? Uh, I, I skipped out after the first 10, and then I had to catch up because I was in the middle of something, man. But uh, unfortunately for me, there was no stake in it. The Raptors didn't really have a pick, but I, I tuned in. Some moves are being made, Low, Your hometown city, Atlanta Hawks, made some moves. There's a lot to talk about. Lo, introduce yourself, man. My hometown city. Oh, my God. You're, you're a fan, out. right? I forget. You're a, you're a huge Hawks fan. Yeah, you're. I'm, I'm a fan now. Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one. Are you done? Sorry, man. I just... Oh. No, I just... Nah, you good? What? You good? Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, I'm straight. I'm straight. Go ahead. Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning. Better known as 100K, bitch. Hey, I wanted to wait till now to congratulate you, love. Congratulations, legend of winning, man. I remember when you were just a, a little baby infant wow, this in the YouTube game, man. This and man. then you had your... Uh, what video blew up? Which one? Don't tell me. It was the... It was the four reasons why something had to be, right? Anyway, then, uh, anyway, why you, why you trying to be funny? Wait, wait, wait. Let's reminisce nah, for a nah, second, nah, low. Nah. I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to say this, yo. Yo, shout out to, and, I, and I'm not even trying to be like funny right now, but yo, shout out to everybody who's been rocking with me for like the last year and a half, almost two years now. Uh-huh. It's been a, a nice little journey to 100K, and I'm finally going to step away from YouTube, man. <laughs> Imagine if somebody actually did that. They were just waiting for the moment they got a milestone to dip out. I mean, that's that's what I'm about Congrats. to do. I'm about to dip out. Nah, you're not. Come on, Atlanta just drafted Trey Young. Now you're no longer a Lakers fan. You're no. You're now a huge fan of the Atlanta Hawks. You have a lot to look forward to, man. A lot of potential video ideas right there off the jump. Yo, Lo, people have been DMing me, man. People send send me all kinds of emails saying Lo needs to bring back the four reasons why, man. You haven't done one of those in a minute. Mm, I don't. I don't get those DMs. So I think you're lying, but um. Yo. I am. I definitely am lying. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're definitely lying. Yeah, I don't. I don't get those yeah, things. Yeah. But congrats, um, though, man. Yeah, That's yeah, a huge yeah. milestone, my yeah, guy. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. But uh, so a million, a million up next. I see you. Nah, we just take it, it's, take it bit by bit. Okay, <laughs> that's the most uninspiring answer I've ever heard in my life. You're supposed to be like, yeah, a million's up next, baby. Let's go. Well, no, I mean, two hundred thousand be up next, then three hundred thousand, then five hundred thousand. Like this, this look other at milestones. This. I can't believe you, man. They are. I mean, what? Why? It's like some, like someone in the NBA scoring like their first ten thousand points, and it's like, about being ambitious, bro. It's about like just be like, like now you hit this, you know, you can hit anything type, you know. So it's like you got a dream. You got it. In fact, fuck a million, bro. Ten million up next. You see what I'm saying? All, all I'm saying is it just sounds like you're sitting here saying, um, like someone just scored ten thousand points, and like, oh my god, you scored ten thousand points. And then Nick's like, all right, so next is going to be 300,000, right? And it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> can I can I enjoy my 10,000? That's a little different because the record is like, the record for points per game is different. People have like 50 million subscribers and shit. So the, the, the ceiling is a lot higher. You see what I'm saying? All I'm saying is thank you all. Thank you all to everybody who's been supporting me. Like I said before, man, I, I really, really appreciate it, man. I really do. Oh, okay, now we got the sweet part out the way. Lo, what did you think about the draft, man? Uh, there was some, uh, there was a lot of drama going on. There was some teams that skipped out on players and uh, supposed steals that went on. And of course, we'll never really know until we see them actually play in the NBA courts. But if you had to, okay, let's 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 roll it like this. If you had to choose three players, do you think 
were a steal and or will be fantastic on the team they were chosen on, who would you go with? Um, I don't know. Well, let me let me first answer the first question. The draft to me, I think people overhyping the draft just because it was like new players coming in the league. This year's draft really wasn't all that, to be honest. Because I don't, I don't really think that there's a concrete player that entered the draft this year. I think that I'm not saying that all of them are going to be trash or anything by, by, uh, like that or anything like that. So by, by no means necessary do I think that all the players are trash. I think that AN and, and Doncic and a lot of other players have a lot of potential. However, I think for the most part though, a lot of the players that were selected will be great complementary pieces to franchise players, but I don't really think there's that many franchise players in this draft. So like players who like second or third options, but I don't really see how it's going to be that good. And, um, I, I guess, cause you said what, what player kind of stood out the most going to what yeah. team? Um, the whole, yeah. I mean, you kind of alluded to the, um, the Hawks trading down to get Trey young. And then they also got, a Dallas Mavericks pick as well in the process while the Mavs got Doncic. That was that was um interesting to say the least. Because even though I understand where both teams are going and I think Doncic, because of his abilities, he could fit on a lot of teams. I don't necessarily know how that's gonna work with him in Dallas. Obviously they just drafted Dennis Smith Jr. in the previous year. How they're gonna work together in the backcourt is extremely questionable. And then on the other hand, you have the Atlanta Hawks drafting Trey Young. Even though I like Trey Young, I like his skills. I don't really see how his abilities will translate to an elite level that so, so much so they'll make him a franchise player. Because at that point, we're basically saying that he's a, I don't want to say Curry, but he's basically going to be playing at the level of a Damian Lillard. And so, and that's not saying that mm-hmm. it's impossible for that to happen, but it's very unlikely. And, and really with both of them, they're both players who don't really have anything going for them athletically. They're both extremely skill-based players. And if the skills don't translate, then it's going to be a massive problem. However, if they do translate, at bare minimum, they're going to have a very lengthy career because they're going to be able to always rely on their skills to kind of keep yeah. them in the league. So that's that's a positive. But it's interesting the moves that both of those teams made just to get the players that they wanted. And so that's that's kind of interesting. And I, I want to see how, especially with Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. in the backcourt, I want to see how that works with one another. He seemed excited uh, on Twitter. Well, I guess he has to. He's not going to hop on Twitter like, man, fuck, they chose another person. And I don't know how this is going to work. But he seemed excited on, damn, what you drinking? Is that Diet Pepsi? I mean, I, I just, yo, when I was sucking on it, pause, well, pause, pause, pause. Yo, yo, when I was sucking on it, pause. I just said it again. When I was, Are you all right, when bro? I was sipping the drink, right, out of the straw, I was like, damn, this shit is loud as hell. <laughs> I, I tried to fight through it, bro, and I had to acknowledge it at some point. Um, yeah, so he seems excited about it. I, low, interestingly enough, aside from maybe the Harrison Barnes signing, I think the Mavericks are a pretty well-organized organization in that I think they'll find a way to bounce back and build a team and find some success. And I think they did part of that last year in the first step. And then part of that step was also losing a lot of games so that they can get a player like Luka. And I think that they accomplished what they're trying to do. Uh, I, I'm excited for it, man. I, I hope that they can find pieces to complement, but... 
I mean, who knows? At the end of the day, they, uh, you know what's more interesting, though, that, that I found was that very interesting. The sixtieth pick. Now, I don't know much about Costas Antetokounmpo, uh, but what I do know is what we all know is that he's Giannis's little brother. And uh, ever since Giannis made it into the NBA, he's been a high potential player. People have been talking about his younger brother, saying like, "Yo, maybe he could be like a Giannis." And so, interestingly enough, the 76ers figured, why not? We have a whole lot of depth in young players. Why not add to it? And they decided to take a shot on him, almost like a Bruno Caboclo, except he was, like, first round, so maybe not as much. Or almost like a OG Ananobi, who was also a first round. I'm interested to see how he does in the NBA. Now, we know he's gifted just physically, but more than that, you have to obviously have the IQ to build as an NBA player. You can't just get by on being uh, a guy with a very long wingspan and very tall, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, how you feeling about him? Do you know much about him? I've seen a few of his uh, mixtapes in high school. I wasn't impressed, but I was at least hopeful that he would make it into the NBA, and he has. Well, with a player like that, I mean, he has to work on certain aspects of the game where... Um where where he severely lacks, which is definitely um, he. Well, he's not. I I think he's a solid shooter, but I, I don't. I don't. I just don't see it as much as you would probably hope. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not too familiar with this game. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'm not. I'm not too too familiar with it. But I, I I would just I would just suggest to him that always just if you're that far deep into the draft where you barely was selected, it's going to be a long climb up because there's a lot of players that didn't get drafted that might be in the league sooner sooner or later down the line and with him being drafted so late that he's going to have to work on his game but I'm not too familiar with it um but I think I think it is interesting like you said that the Sixers drafted him though because I don't necessarily know how they would utilize him to be honest with you I have no idea how they would utilize him especially since since they they drafted Mikael Bridges and traded him away which is that that right there was actually interesting I don't know what the and I said this in in my video as well and after, um, when I record that video, I think the next day is when Brett Brown came out and he had to sit down with the media and they were, he was explaining his thought process behind it. And as he was explaining himself, it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh yeah, they don't, they don't have a GM right now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like they don't have a GM. So the head coach is trying to explain to people what the, the, the decisions that were made and as crazy as this sounds, and it, it, it sounds ridiculously crazy, this man Brett Brown went out there, put his neck on the line, and said that he's the one who made the final decision, which you should never do. Jesus, always say it's a collective, uh, a collective decision. But he went out there and said it himself that he was the one who made the final decision, and his justification was that Mikael Bridges. Was there one A, and Zaire Smith was there one B, which I, I don't know how that's possible. If, if Zaire Smith was wasn't projected to be selected in the top ten, and y'all had a top ten pick, that doesn't make any sense. But okay, and then he said that we were able to get our one B while also getting more draft picks, and so I'm I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like I I get the whole asset collecting, I get that part, but at some point though. Like, you're going to have to take the next step. And I know many people are alluding to the idea that they're going to package that pick along with some other pieces to go after a Kawhi or whatever, which is cool. I have no problem with that. 
But you're swinging for the fences when you don't really have to swing for the fences because you already have two franchise players on your teams. I don't really think it's necessary for them. I wouldn't even take the risk if I were them to go after someone like Kawhi Leonard or anybody else that may potentially mess up what you already have, unless it's someone that that you know for a fact is going to stay on the team for an extended period. What does that of time. mean? Mess up what you potentially have? Like for example, you're gonna you're gonna piece together a trade package to go after um, Kawhi Leonard. But Kawhi Leonard could end up leaving. So why even put yourself in a situation to go after, go after Kawhi when it could end up messing up the asses that you collected? They won't. Over? They won't They won't do that one-year rental shit. They're, they should so be if, smarter than if that. They, if they're not, if they're not doing it with Kawhi, who are they doing it with? What are you? What are you gaining? I mean, maybe they're just. What are you gaining? Where else could for? they add a player load? They have Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons at PG, and then now they have there's more than stacked in the front court, especially at that center. I position. I agree. I and, agree with you. So why do you why do you trade down? And your justification behind it is that you technically got another. Um, you you got another player in the process. And then you turn around and got you got the player that you another player that you wanted in the process along with getting maybe the a guy pick. that they wanted. So I was I was in the draft room uh, with the Raptors uprising when they were doing the two K league draft, and I just know like just from seeing that like sometimes like the guy you want is just gone. Maybe they had like a plan A and a plan B, and they didn't expect him to go that quick, and that's just what happened. And so they mitigated the risk. Of potentially taking a shot at somebody that they weren't sure of. No, 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 and no, And they no, traded no, no, down no. to a person. They the player they picked first, which was Mikael Bridges. This this yeah. this is what Brett Brown said. I know I don't really believe it's true. The player that they drafted first in Brett and uh Mikael Bridges is allegedly the player is one of the players that they wanted. He was there one A. That's what he says. Okay. At some point, he's lying. He's not going to go out there and tell. You can't tell the truth to the media because they're just going to rip you apart and think of a million reasons why you shouldn't have done what you did or what you did was wrong. At some, first of all, the coach obviously has input. It's his team, and he's going to want certain pieces to make that team fit. But when you hire a GM or an assistant GM, you ask them what the vision of is of their team. And so, even though Brian Colangelo was gone, the assistant GM is more than capable of picking up where Brian Colangelo left off. They still have all of the information necessary and required to either go into a new direction or continue in the same one they're currently on, which seems like one that's destined for future success. So I don't believe that he... I'm sure he had more input, especially because it seemed like Brian Colangelo was... uh, There was some rumors that he was overruling other people's decisions in the draft last year. Uh, other executives, potentially coaches, that said that they wanted to go for different players, but he felt like they really wanted to go for Markel Fultz. And so maybe without that there, the organization was able to make a decision that they equally agreed on. I don't know. Well, we'll never know, to be honest, because they won't tell the truth unless somebody from the 76ers organization decides to make a burner account and just slowly leak things one by one, and then maybe we'll find out. But I don't know, Lo. To be honest... We've seen plenty of times, man, where the hyped up players couldn't make it, and like, so we never really know. And I, I like to sit here and criticize them, but at the end of the day, they have more intel than we do about the players that have been drafted. I don't even know none of these. I know like four of these guys, low. I've paid attention to like four of these guys. Now, there's gonna be a highlight. There's gonna be at least like twelve of these guys in this year's draft that played fantastic, and then I'm gonna know them. 
I'm going to learn all about them and what they mean to their team, what they could improve on, what their pros, what their cons. But until then, I'm just going to trust that. I think Brett Brown's been doing a good job. I'm going to just trust he knows what he's doing. And uh, if he went out there, he basically took the bullet for the team because we don't know who or what which collective made the decision. Uh, They'll be straight regardless, to be honest, Lowe. They don't even I mean, need yeah, whoever I, they're taking from the draft. Which is, which is all true. And I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't... I just don't understand because I, I well, and, and another reason why is because I have a bias towards Mikael Bridges because I think he's going to be one of the better why players, and I, I think he's I think he's really really solid in the way that he's going to be able to defend most positions six seven what if I'm not mistaken six eleven to seven foot wingspan solid shooter as well and he's not he's not a one and done athlete so he has some years under his belt also so I, I like Nah like Naya just. That's just that's meaningless, though. You just said a lot of meaningless stuff. No, it's not. It's not meaningless. I feel like what what he brings to. I think he can bring a lot to the team, especially considering who they got. Uh, and I, it's not a knock I, on on Zara Smith, but I just don't think that Zara Smith is going to be better than Mikael Bridges. But again, if the I, if the whole aspect of trading down was to obtain as many assets assets as you could, and you got a Miami Heat draft pick out of it, which as a side note, I don't even think that Miami Heat draft pick is going to be as as good as it need as they needed to be for them to benefit off of it to yeah. justify this um trade anyway, but even even if we if we believe in what he says, it still it just still doesn't make that much sense to take a risk like this just to collect some assets when, like you said, they're already there. They just have to add role pieces there or, or put in players that make sense to stick into the players that they already have. Them believing that they're going to just obtain more assets to swing for the fences in free agency or on a trade, that doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, That's it's nice. better, isn't it? Said they it. have exactly what they need now. A fantastic point guard. They have a very defensive-focused team, but also one that's like is laced with shooters. Like, when I was watching them play in the playoffs, and especially to close out the season on their massive streak, it was very apparent that all this team needed to do was develop. They don't, they don't really need any rookies. They don't even really need any stars. I mean, it, it would help to have both those things, like to have a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum come in and be immediate impact. But chances are that they won't, right? Chances are the player that they draft at the 10th pick is not going to be an immediate impact the way we've seen Jason Tatum carry, or I don't know if this, the word is carry, but impact the Celtics and their success in the playoffs. So, honestly, in my opinion, will. I would have to sit down and do an analysis, but just from the outside looking in, I would have just traded it away. I, I wouldn't even wanted. I well, wouldn't want to be a part of this draft if I was a seventy. Which, which, as a side I note, I thought that I thought that was something else they should have done as well. They should have just traded the pick, just trade the pick and get somebody else that's under contract, so, very similar to what the um, Timberwolves did last year, where they traded away their pick and got Jimmy Butler out of it. And I don't. I'm not necessarily exactly. saying that there was someone of the quality. Of Jimmy Butler, but I felt like that that might have actually been a better move for them, besides taking ending up taking a player that that maybe in my opinion he is a lesser player than who you originally picked in and Mikael Bridge, my Jesus Christ, Mikael Bridges, and then you also took a pick <laughs> that is three years down the line on a team that's been rather consistent over the last. You know, even after LeBron left Miami, they still been a rather consistent team. So I don't know. I, it, mm-hmm. That was that was interesting as well. I just don't necessarily know 
how that's going to work out. And you don't, I, you really don't even know enough about the players to really, like really get into any detail about like who they got picked, who was picked, who was picked and selected. Yeah, and stuff I like only that. know like four or five of these guys. But yo, to the people out there who keep writing these articles about how um sh- the next Shaq and Kobe. The next duo. They always do that, though. The next duo really, in it's Phoenix. Really, just clickbait. They know. They know. The next duo in Phoenix is about to be Aiden and um and Devin Booker. If that's the case, and and Aiden has said it himself that that's what he's trying to be. If that's the case, Aiden, that? next year, like in your rookie season, I need you to be putting up all star numbers then, because that's what you said you are. So I need all star numbers from you, Aiden. And then Booker. So I need you to be I need you to be an all defensive player. Because that's what Kobe was. At this stage in his career, he was making an all defensive team while also making all star selections and all NBA teams as well. So that's what I need from both of y'all. If that's what we're saying. But until that happens, shut the hell up. Because that's not you can't sit there and say they're gonna be shacking Kobe, especially this man Aiden, because he, he would have to show me some level of, of defense that I haven't seen out of him so far. He's a solid rim protector, but not to the same level as, as a Shaq. But I, I would have did to you see, see what. It. Did you see what Embiid said on Twitter? Yeah, and then Apparently, Embiid got on him, yeah. Yeah, Embiid took a shot, said, stop comparing Aiton to me. I play defense, which is like, I, I love Embiid because he just speaks his mind. And then, of course, people jump to criticize, like, oh, not really. Look at this specific play where you got beat. It's like, come on, man. You could do that with any player, regardless of how good they are defensively. Then he finished. But then he finished top three in defensive player of the year um, race. Embiid, yeah. Uh, he was top five for sure. I don't know about top three. I think it was top three. I think been. it's Embiid. I think the nominees are Embiid, Davis, and Gobert. So yeah, he he plays defense. People, I don't know why he made the all defense. Did he not? not? I mean, I gotta say, I gotta double check. I'm almost 100 percent sure he made the all defensive team as well. So like, yo, y'all gotta y'all gotta chill. Yeah, he plays defense. He's Embiid is in his second year in the NBA. Like, well, tech, his his second technical year in the NBA, and he's already in the running for all defensive player of the year. Yeah, he plays defense. So I said all defensive player. So of the year. defense player of the year. It's another it's another big man that the Suns went after. It seems like they're just running through these guys, low. And every time they get somebody like Scal or Remember when Dragon Bender was supposed to be good? They're all trash. They just named trash. That's why they drafted. Nobody. I know, but coming into the league, these guys is people that have potential. Is what I'm saying. So that includes Alex Len, who they had on their team for a while. Trash. Now they drafted DeAndre Ayton, and I don't know what it is, man. But the Suns have had bad luck with big men, so I'm hoping he could be the person to turn it around. That that city has just been dry for like a decade, and Devin Booker, although he's been a spark. Hasn't been able... I guess he just hasn't had the help, right? And so ever since they fell apart from that weird little three-point guard lineup they used to run, they just haven't been able to find themselves. And so they got blessed with the first overall pick, finally, after getting screwed in the draft, screwed in, the draft in years past. If they can't take advantage... Because keep in mind, Lo, because we were hearing a lot of great stuff about Doncic. And... Uh, Earlier, like if you asked a few months ago, he was he was gonna be he was projected to be the first overall pick, and then we saw Aiton take over first overall projected, and then Luca jumped down to second, and it was really just before the draft where we saw Luca drop to third because we heard rumors and uh, murmurs that the Sacramento Kings were more interested in Marvin Bagley. This man said murmurs, and so I, 
Yeah, some murmurs. I hope these organizations know what they're doing, man. Because we're going to have to look back at this draft in like five years and ten years. And we're, and we're going to be able to tell like, yo, they messed up because they decided to make this decision and this decision. Now, not we get it, all right? You, you could never really know at the end of the day. You interview the players. You work them out. And you get a chance to analyze is the correct word. If you whiff, there's a chance that the 21st pick or the third pick is going to be that guy that changes the next team. And I just wish that more teams would do a better job of scouting, bro. It's, it's always the same, like, five teams that has the best scouts who ends up drafting the best players. And then it's teams like, low, the Orlando Magic, who drafted, of course, uh, Mo Bamba. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as excited as I am for him to be in the NBA, every single potential player that the Orlando Magic have had in recent memory has waved. We've seen Alfred Payton come in the league, whether it's Oladipo come in the league, Vucevic before all of his injuries. Don't even get me started on Tobias Harris. Uh, they have Hazonia. Uh, like, the list goes on. Their whole team is a list of potential players that just couldn't ever, and maybe they still can, but they never ended up developing to what we expected them to be. And so I hope this is, and this is just hope, but I really, it depends on a lot of things. And who knows if he'll ever get there. But, man, I was really hoping he went to a different organization. I would have so even too, been cool man. with him going. I ain't going to lie. As soon as I saw him go to the Magic, I was like, God damn. That is the worst. It's, it's like a curse. That, that's that's yeah. the worst organization he can go to. <laughs> and people like are, are killing me saying, like, oh, you're stupid. He just they had to take the best player available. And it's like, well, A... I don't. Even, I really don't even think Bamba at that at that point was the best player available. I actually think Colin Sexton was, but I could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I definitely could be wrong about that. But Bamba can't be the best player available if he's on a team where he's not even getting minutes to be the best player. Colin Sexton would yeah. have been able to come on that organization and immediately have an impact as they just got rid of their point guard and Alfred Payton last year, and they're running around with. Um, what is it? Is it Jameer? No, no, Sheldon Mack. Shelvin Mack. They're running around with Shelvin Mack on their team right now. Like, like that's that that was your starting guard after you got rid of Alfred Payton. Why you felt like you didn't need to get a guard after that, and you turn around and selected not just a front court player, but a center. Even though you have Vucevic, who I know people are saying they're going to get rid of, but they can't really get rid of him if he has a. They've been trying to get rid of him forever. But in the amount of money that he's making, I have a hard time believing that, believing that as well. And the style of basketball that he plays is not beneficial to any team in the NBA right now, unless he's coming off the bench. Wait. But again, he if he if he they suffer- have Biombo too, right? And they have Biombo exactly. Oh come on, man! That's oh come on. Now that I think about it, because keep in mind, Vucevic. Let me pull it up actually, because I know Biombo's getting paid about. Uh, 15 million, if I'm not mistaken. Orlando Magic salaries. So we have Bismack Biyombo making 17 million next year, low. Vucevic making 12.2 million. So in total, there's the center position, and these guys, by the way, cannot play power forward, small forward, or any other position. That and that, and that is also a problem. Centers. That's also they. These are legit only center players. That is a massive problem. That accumulate in total 30 million dollars in salary, and now you drafted a, a very like. I think a lot of people would agree, raw player that has a lot of potential. And what is he supposed to be? The third guy? 
behind both those two. How is he? How is he meant to? You can throw him in the D league. That might work. And maybe he's too raw to play in the NBA or get any serious minutes. But besides the just the surface level fact that they already have two big men, I, I just I just I can't ever get hyped about a player going to the Orlando Magic ever again in my life. There's too many times where Orlando, Aaron Gordon was supposed to blow up. Oh man, Vucevic is supposed to do this and this. I'm not falling for the trap. All right, if a player goes to the Orlando Magic, he is doomed for a career of mediocrity. And who knows? You know, he's still gonna make millions. He's still going to hopefully do his thing and flourish. Maybe go to different teams in the future. But I I very strongly believe that the Orlando Magic made a mistake in drafting him. And I don't even really know too much about a lot of these players. I just know that that doesn't seem like the player for you based on previous trends and what's likely to happen this year. We'll see, man. I, I, hope, I really hope they prove me wrong, though. This is, Orlando's always that team that gets off. Orlando and Sacramento, they get off the hot starts in, like, the first four games of the season. And then everyone's like, yo, this is the year. And then it, 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 by the 10th game, everybody comes back to reality. And they're like, yeah, this organization has issues. And it seems like, once again, and I'm hoping I'm proved wrong, we're going to see a lot of the same. Lo, I want to ask you about the Kings, man. The Kings uh, maybe surprised some people. Didn't end up going for uh, Luca, and they ended up going for Bagley. Uh, is that a, is that a smart decision? Um, it it may have been a smart decision because there were what you said. You said murmurs. There were murmurs. Yes, some murmurs. Yes, about yes. how um, Luca straight up was just being a hundred percent honest with people, saying that he just didn't want to play for the um, he, he didn't want to play for the Kings, and so. If if that's the case, then yeah, sure, because you you were going to get a player on a roster who didn't want to be there, and it might have taken some time for him to connect with any, any of the other players on the team as well, and then you would have been forced in a situation to kind of you know do something that you may not wanted to do with him. So, yeah, if, if that's the case, then sure. I also feel like it's a good idea because I think that even though very similar to the Suns, they've been drafting some front court players over the years. Um, you have Willie Collinstein who was there. You still trying to figure out what exactly is going to happen with Scal. Uh, then they just they also signed Costa Kufis as well, and then and then you have Zebo there who I think is going to receive fewer minutes anyway. But they they've also brought in some um, Papianis is there as well. But they they brought in some young front court players that haven't popped yet. Honestly, I feel like right now the best player on this team, or at least a player who, who has the potential. To be the best player is either going to be Buddy Hield or um, Willie Collinstein, and I, I feel like Collinstein is a perfect. Um, a, he's a, I don't want to say he's Bamba because I think he he's not as good defensively as, as Bamba has the potential to be, but similar to Bamba, it all depends on the the team that he's on. And Willie Collinstein is on a team right now that doesn't have that much offensive threats around him, so he looks worse than what he probably is. But if you pair. Willie Collinstein, Willie Collinstein next to Marvin Bagley. I feel like that's a combination that you can start to work with. Now, when it comes to to Bagley as a, as an individual, um, I like uh, pe- people were kind of killing Bagley because he wasn't that great of a defender. Which not saying that he is a great defender, but I see the potential with him on a defensive end um, because of his versatility, his length, his ability to move his feet laterally. And on an off- offensive end, he has a few moves here and there. He he feels comfortable getting into, especially in the low post. The the one thing that he's definitely going to have to work on is his ability to space out the floor, pick and rolls with him and uh, Fox or him and Heald will aid them spacing out, especially when him 
and um, Colin Stein is on the floor at the same time with one another. And so he's going to have to be able to space out the floor sooner than later. But I feel like that's a, a better fit for them than Luka Doncic. Now, people are saying you always just take the best player available. But again, I, I feel like sometimes that may not work if you don't have a team that will best utilize the talent to make that that player the best player available. And when it comes uh-huh. to Bagley, him going to this team makes more sense. Now, will he be a franchise player? I'll give it a 30-70 or, or maybe a 40-60. I feel like I'm... He has a thirty to forty percent chance of being a franchise player, but I'm I'm more so leaning towards. I don't the, know about that, man. There's like six of those in the NBA, bro. <laughs> oh my god. I'm, I'm on, well. I'll t- I'll, 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 not even franchise player. I'll go. I'll 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 go down to just an All NBA player. I I think he's like he's like he has a a thirty to forty he's top fifteen. What'd you say? You say you say there's thirty forty percent chance he'd be top fifteen in the NBA. Basically, yeah. All right. I feel like he's he's a he, I mean, he can be a solid. That's a lot. I feel like he can be a solid contributor, and I think at at best he's peaking out as a second option on a solid team. But I don't. I just don't see him being the best player on a franchise, especially the Sacramento Kings that that desperately need someone to pop. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting moving forward and trying to figure out how exactly that's going to work. But if if there's anybody in this draft that I personally feel like will be a star player. The three players are Aiton, Doncic, and Trey Young. But when it comes to Trey Young and Doncic, if if that's if those skills don't translate, I can easily see them kind of falling flat on their face. But we'll, we'll figure out. I don't know. I'm, this is I've, out of all the drafts in recent memory, this is the one I've been like least excited for. Especially because last year, man, there was so much hype around the Lonzo Ball situation and Markel Fultz going first, but he's injured. Jason Tatum. Darian Fox, and the list goes on to all kinds of players like Josh Hart, Kuzma, that were deep in the first round but have been fantastic players. And then, of course, the Donovan Mitchells, who slept, went 13th. I just I can't see how this year's draft is going to even remotely compare to last year's draft. And I think that maybe is and that's maybe what's killing it for me. I don't know. And, but, uh, but, I mean, not only that... Um be also mindful that the fact that um this is this is a like last year I think was it may go down as a historic draft so I'm not that concerned about it but shout out to the Celtics because they end up trading who did they trade I'm I'm bugging right now they end up trading down gave Markel Fultz to the Sixers to get the Sacramento Kings pick next year instead of having the Lakers pick this year which ended up being the tenth overall pick. Which the Sixers end up trading down anyway, which which is another reason why that 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 Sixers decision is a little questionable because that was a pick they got from, um, they got from the Celtics last year with that trade and they still traded down. So I don't I don't know how I feel about that, but you know it is what it is. But the, shout out to the um the, the the Celtics for doing that because they end up trading away a a pick from a draft class that may not be that good. I mean just just to be completely honest with people. It, this may not be a good draft class, and they 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 were able to strike gold in last year's draft class, even though they they moved down in the draft, and they still have what more than likely will be a top five draft pick next year. So, and and they still could they still could possibly move that as well. So, yeah, shout out to the um to the, to the Celtics for doing the so. Celtics. I, I was reading up on the draft pick this year in the first round, Robert Williams. Apparently, uh, Robert Williams 
during the course of the NCAA season, said something to the nature of he wants to be drafted first overall. And so that placed a lot of expectations on him. And he didn't necessarily perform to the level that people expected. And so a lot of people had him going like mid-first round. But he dropped a lot. And uh, from what I'm hearing, from what I read and from the videos I've watched, it seems like he's the type of player that would benefit from having a really good team around him. So as as fantastic as he could be, the people were a little skeptical about his ability to play on a team where there wasn't as much talent. And so for him to land in Boston where that's exactly what they have, they have some of everything on that team. And, of course, they were able to go far last year, almost make the NBA Finals. That's almost like a picture-perfect pick for the Boston Celtics. Uh, and that might be, in my opinion, and I don't know enough about some of these other guys like Moritz Wagner or Desnan Musa, but I'm going to keep my eyes on the Celtics low. You know me, man. If Brad Stevens and Ainge, they're on the call together and they decide that Robert Williams is the guy. There's probably something about Robert Williams that a few of the GMs in the league don't know about. So I'll pay attention to him. And there's likely going to be at least somebody, like there always is, late in the first round who ends up surprising people and is that steal. So he might be that guy. Also, yo, to, to the Knicks fans out there who be always booing the players y'all draft, I'm, I'm not a huge Kevin Knox fan. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge Kevin Knox fan. But I, I think he'll be fine. Like, I don't like... <laughs> Like I, I think, who are they expecting? Bridges? I was actually I was expecting um Bridges for them because I want I thought that they were gonna go for a small forward um and just be a little bit more flexible with Porzingis as he can play two different positions the the four and the five mm-hmm. but addressed a, a very concerning problem with them which is um defense on the perimeter just to be completely honest with you and outside of um Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, we can give Frankie, Frankie another year or two, but there really hasn't been no one they've been able to find that's been able to stick on the perimeter over the last like three or four years. And so if you're able to get Mikael Bridges, who I thought was still going to be a solid player, he, he wasn't going to be expected to be the number one option with Porzingis on the team. He's going to be a solid, you know, three and D guy in his first couple of years. And if he adds a little bit more to his game, he'll be good. So, I mean, I, I would much rather see that because I, I don't know how – I wanted to see how good he could be on the offensive end. And if he played for the Sixers, I don't think I, I would have saw that. And I don't think I'm going to see that either, which is still fine, but I don't, I don't think I want to see that with the Suns. But if he was with the the Knicks and a 3 and D guy coming out the gate while also having some potential to be shown on the offensive end, creating his own shot, taking people off the dribble, man, that shit would have been hard, but – Kevin Knox isn't that bad. If he if he's what people are saying he, he's going to be, which is a, a, a kind of three, a, a, um, I guess a combo forward is, is that I guess that's what we're calling him now, a combo forward six nine. People comparing him to Tobias Harris, which is uh, I like Tobias Harris, so I'm not mad at it. Um, but the perfect type of player to put next to um, Porzingis in those small ball lineups, putting poor, I guess it's really not small ball. I got to stop saying that. More perimeter-oriented lineups. Porzingis is like 7-3 playing the center. That's that's not a small ball lineup. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Playing, playing Porzingis at the 3. Kevin Knox, 6-9 at the um, 4. I mean, I'm playing Porzingis at the 5. And then um, Kevin Knox at the 4. Knox having potential to kind of take people off the dribble. Um, showing some flexibility on a defensive end. He's gonna he's gonna have to is he's gonna have to definitely work on defending uh, in the post a little bit more if they're gonna run that lineup and he's also gonna have 
to worry about um creating his own shot from time to time because that's definitely his two weaknesses. But I think he I think he has a lot of potential to be a solid three point shooter to help space out the floor, and I think he should be able to leave a, an, an immediate impact. But you know, Knicks fans, the way that they be. The way that they be booing people, you would have thought they'd have drafted the worst player of all time on their roster. So, you know, it is what it is. Honestly, at this point, if the Knicks boo you <laughs> once you draft it, you're probably going to end up being a fantastic player at the NBA. <laughs> That's a fact. That's usually how it works. Uh, the last person of interest, at least for me, in the draft was the 23rd pick. Aaron Holiday went to the Pacers. That upon research... It's a brother of Drew Holiday and Justin Holiday. I said now, upon research. I mean, that's obvious. Upon re- it's not obvious. There's plenty of people. It's the only holiday. No, it's the only holidays. <laughs> Face us. What, what's that mean? Lo, like, there's all these NBA players make up their own names. Ray Allen's real name isn't Ray Allen. We're talking so about the last name. Just... We're talking about last name, not first names. Regardless, Stephen Curry. What's what's uh Wendell? Is it Wendell or his name is still Curry? Some... His last name is still Curry though. So you know. Listen, I'm just saying. You never know, bro. The whole league has different names. Nene. What happened to his last name, Hilario? Where'd that go? You never Hang know. On, when I was so when anyway, I was younger, I thought his last name was hilarious. Me too. I used to call him that all the time when I was playing like NBA Live. No, you didn't. You just stole, you stole <laughs> that from me. Chill out. Chill, 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 chill. I didn't. It'll probably be plenty of people are saying that. It's very similar. Anyway, Drew Holiday and Justin Holiday is his brothers. Shout out to Drew, by the way. Fantastic season. My God, I've gained like a whole new respect for that guy. So, uh, I mean, it's always like, can you be as good as your big bro? We see the same thing with Seth Curry. Answer's no for him, unfortunately. Like, you just, is like almost impossible to get to that level, especially at this point in your career. But uh, I wish him the best. I don't, I don't really know how well he's going to work on the Indiana Pacers. Um, but who knows, man? Who knows? I don't, I don't, honestly, I have no idea where the direction of the Indiana Pacers is. They had a standout year, and I think they were surprised by it as much as I was and a lot of other people were. And so now they're trying to, like, Maybe the vision they had was that they were going to maybe lose some games, maybe get a pick or trade for somebody. But now, like, it might be time to just build on what you have, and that's Oladipo. You can find a team to build around him. Hopefully, Aaron Holiday can be part of that picture, part of that puzzle, and you're set. So that's really that's it for me, Lo. I don't really care about these other players. I'll care the second they prove to me that they deserve to be cared about. And that's why when they get minutes, like, showing out, proving yourself, you know, being a staple in the rotation. And not just because you're a first-round pick or because you're actually providing for your health. And most importantly, though, you're improving. A lot of times you see guys that just, they're all right, but we're expecting more, and they just never ended up reaching that level where they could help deliver more. Uh, you, you got anything else you want to say about the draft before we uh, uh, shout out to my man Jim, um Shout-out to my man, Jello. Oh, my God. Yeah, you I forgot. Wow. He's trash. So, I mean, no one's surprised, he's tra- he's right? He's trash, though. He's trash, though. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, you don't you don't technically have to sign a player when you draft them. If I draft DeAndre Ayton, I'm drafting the rights to sign him so that another team can't just come in and sign him. Because if, if you could do that, then it would be like uh, European football in where they could just pick up, like, a 13-year-old player, put him in a – put him in the – like, a, they have, like, a little brother team. And they just allow him to develop, kind of like the D-League, but for little kids. Long story short, uh, like the player Giannis Antetokounmpo's little bro, Kostas, he doesn't have to be signed. 76ers don't have to sign him. They just have the rights to sign him if they want to. So it's kind of like taking a shot in the dark, uh, seeing if you could, you could hit a home run. And you might as well, especially if you're, like, once we pass 
uh, 20th pick. At that point, you're, you're kind of just searching for gold. You, you, whether these players can be like franchise-level players, who knows. But uh, I like that some teams kind of swung for the fences. And honestly, Lo, even though I don't think Leangelo is NBA-ready, not even close, by the way, I thought that one team might take a shot at him, just for the sake of, maybe. But we didn't see that happen, unfortunately. Uh, which is going to be interesting, because, I don't know, has Lonzo Ball said anything? I know he said, like, Lakers have to draft him or else Lonzo's going to leave. Or he was making those kind of vague threats earlier in the season. Uh, so we'll I see. He, he was probably going to be some... obviously joking, but... I mean, I don't... I think... I hope Jello gets into the... Um, I don't know about that. I, I, hope he, I, hope, I hope he gets into the... um The league... The league? Yeah, but I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna happen though. Let's be honest though. I don't even think he can make the Euro League. Nah, chill out, he can. I don't think so. No, I think he can. Nah, I think you might be undervaluing the players that are in that league. I think I think that um they made a mistake by taking him out of college because that's kinda it's kinda messed up Lo, where he's at right now. The in the Lithuanian league for, let's just put this in context. I mentioned this in the podcast before. Jonas Valanciunas was no doubt, undoubtedly, the best player in the Lithuanian League, carrying his team, doing his thing. He got drafted. Well, I don't remember what it was. Was it like 8 or 13? It was somewhere like in the middle of the first round. And he was hands down a standout player, right? And so ever since Jonas was drafted, I believe in 2013, we haven't seen another player from the Lithuanian League come into the NBA. Now, Leangelo Ball... Wasn't even a standout player. On top of that, his team was losing an insane amount of games. And he was incredibly inefficient in that process. It seemed like offensively he was very limited. He seems like a, like, I'm not even making this up. I'm not even trying to be funny. He seems like a six foot six pure post scorer. I don't, I don't even know really what to think. I don't know what, I, I was trying to vision when I was watching the games because I think it's an entertaining family. I'll watch the games on like Ball's Life. But I don't know what team, I'd, what team would you put him on? What team would Leangelo Ball possibly fit on? I ain't gonna lie. I, I think, think I think that that's what really stood him. I, I think that's what really um hurt him. There was nothing about his game that really stood out to a lot of teams, and I, I think it's kind of hard to try to figure out how he's gonna fit on a roster because he's not he's not crazy athletic. He has nice height and potential size if he got, he got into better shape, which he he did towards the um t- towards the draft coming up, but yeah, he didn't. There's nothing really that that stands out about him. He's not like crazy tall. His wingspan isn't re- ridiculous. He's not a crazy athlete. He's not a he's not the greatest shooter in the draft either. Like there's nothing really that kind of you know aids him to stand out in the process of trying to figure out who's the best player to select. However, he he could still, which I kind of thought about this, he could still find his way into a team. I don't really think it's that crazy of an idea for him I to get him on the roster. I don't think- but that, that if I was a D League player, I'd be pissed off if you made a team because I could. I bet even, you right now even, there's a hundred players in the. D But even if he goes on a the team, they're going to put him in the D League. They're, I mean, they're going to. There's no way that they're going to just pick him up and not go through the process of making sure that the player that they're picking up is a good enough player. So I don't think he's just going to be yeah. signed and then going to find a roster spot on the NBA team. I think it's going to be a process. He's going to get signed. I think there's a lot of people saying that he's going to no. be he's going to be on certain teams in the summer league. So we're still going to see him in the summer league. He's going to give an opportunity to kind of produce and prove that he is a player that could be able to give a few teams some type of some type of um, production. And so if he is that team, I mean if, if he is that player that goes in that team, he should be fine. I don't think his oh expectations be. That I think high. you're underestimating. 
literally everybody right now. I don't. I'm not. I'm not I don't all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, for, before he even signs, before he even gets on the team that he's going to be on, there's going to be a process that he's going to have to go through, regardless if it's summer league, ten day contracts, G League, getting some consistent minutes in the NBA. He's going to have to prove himself at practice. Like I feel like when you when you're going that route, there's a lot of things that have to go in your favor. And I'm not not necessarily saying it's going to be lucky because you definitely have to work for it. But there's a lot of things that have to go in your favor before you can find yourself on an NBA team without being on a 10 day contract or a one year contract. So he's still going to have to work for it. And if if he makes it, that means that means he's just better than everybody else. I don't I don't think it's that crazy to believe. Love, I'm gonna be honest with you, my guy. I don't think he could be a starter in the Turkish league. I don't think. I think he'd be lost in the rotation in the Chinese league, and I don't think he could make the Euro league. Okay. I don't think he's anywhere close. And I think his best chance to prove he was was at UCLA, and he lost that opportunity when he left. Yeah, that that that, so didn't, that didn't, think, I'm not gonna lie, that didn't make any sense. I I didn't get that part, but yeah, you got it. So I I think Lamelo has better odds. We'll see. I mean, for a guy who's at now, he like literally every time I see him, looks like he grew another. Inch. Which is crazy, crazy right? Is that's the craziest thing yeah. in the world? Yeah, uh, but he's. I believe now he's six foot six. He's probably taller, maybe six seven by now. Last time I watched the video was two weeks ago. Uh, he was barely getting off the ground. He doesn't seem wildly athletic, but I don't know. I mean, Lonzo wasn't. Lonzo was a pretty unique player too. He wasn't like a lot of other players in that. His shooting release was odd. His passing was fantastic. But Lonzo was able to prove himself in, in an environment where there's like there's standardization. People know like if you perform like this in the NCAA and you do this and this with your team, then you're bound for the NBA. And he proved that. I just think like the, I don't think either will make it, to be honest. I definitely know LiAngelo won't. LaMelo, we'll, we'll see, you know. A couple years goes by and maybe he stands a chance. But... I don't know. And always, low, keep in mind, like, you could always get drafted outside of the draft, even if someone doesn't have exclusive rights to sign you. I just don't see that as likely. And I thought it was interesting, low, that a lot of people did think that LiAngelo would get drafted. Because every time I watch those, like, Ball is Life videos or Baller Vision videos, they're always like, yo, LiAngelo's going to kill it in the league. You see him do this and this and this. But I just, I didn't get that hype. I just, I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it either. But... It'll be a, it'll be a feel good story if he's able to make it though. I wish he played at least like ten games in UCLA, bro. Just ten. Oh, he didn't even play one, man. He just went to China, robbed some shit, got suspended, then dipped. Anyway, uh, anything else? Anything else we missed in the draft before we move on? Um, Michael Porter, but I think people overrating him. All right. He's, he's the guy that dropped, right? Yeah, the guy. He said he's the guy that dropped. Yeah, I mean, it's very obvious you don't know, but people people got to chill out. It's it's obvious that he, his injuries are way severe than what people are trying to make it out to be, and it's not that big of a deal he dropped. I mean, I, I hope he stays in the NBA, but it's it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's just not that big of a deal, and I think he went on a team that's going to best suit him when it comes to his ability to like, be a winner and, and find an organization that's going to be able to give him a, a legit opportunity to grow as an individual instead of just throwing him out to a, to a starting role, even though he's clearly not ready. And um, he's, he said, it, I mean, the story saying that he's going to sit out for the first year, 
which I have no problem with either. I think that's that's completely fine. What? Yeah, he's going to sit out for the first year. His I've I've also read stories where his back problems are so bad that there are days where he can't even get out of bed. Ah oh, man, what are the Nuggets thinking? He must be a fantastic player to have gotten 14 with those kind of stories coming out, man. Yeah. Also, who the fuck leaked those stories? Uh, whoever doctor or who, if that was a friend, you need to cut that guy from your life, man. Jesus, that is not a story you want leaking. I mean, but you, you know, I mean, because you know which caller, right? Um, what's the shit called? The, the, call I mean, it? they, they were not, not saying this means anything, but like, they were comparing him to like the next KD. He, he was one of the next KD guys. They do that all the time. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's, that's how good he potentially was supposed to be. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not that big of a deal. I think sitting out for a full year, I think that's fine, especially someone with something that could be career altering, such as a back injury that's so severe. And I also, it was so severe that he didn't even release some, he didn't release his medical information to a lot of teams. Like he wanted to keep that on the low low because I think, I think even his, his camp, and he knew how serious it was. Uh, Lo, do you remember that guy that Houston drafted, Royce White? Yeah, yeah. That couldn't fly on planes? Yep, yep. Seems he has really started considering things outside of basketball before they sign players. I feel bad for him because that's a really fucked up reason to not like have a career. But it's also a deal breaker. If you can't go to away games, then... Then it wasn't even okay when Steve Kerr couldn't go to away games. And he was dealing with like life threatening issues. And luckily he got over and he's healthy now and he got back as quick as he could. But, uh, man, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I guess, uh, Markel Fultz was the same thing and Embiid was the same thing. And look how he's turning out. So if they can stay healthy, it'll be fantastic. But through all the minutes they play and all the games they play, if the injury is as serious as I'm perceiving it to be based on the limited information I have, then, uh, I don't know. Denver, I guess that's a home run, man. Might as well just go for it. See what lands. You know, you might go for a foul ball. Your bat might break, and then a little piece of the wood might hit you in the eye. Your you might bat, go blind. Your bat might break. Oh, my God. Yeah, you never know what could happen. <laughs> you never know what could happen. Well, there's been an interesting development in the NBA, and I know you've been hearing about it. Puma is trying to get into basketball. They've been signing ain't, all ain't kinds no, of rookies. Ain't no trying. They already here. They they done signed all them rookies and stuff like that. Yeah, they here. Yeah, yeah. And and they signed Rudy Gay. And they're paying a lot of money, too. I don't know if they're paying a lot of money. They're probably paying more money than Rudy Gay would have gotten if he went to, like, Adidas or something like that. They have to be paying a lot of money. If they're not paying as much as Nike or Adidas, who would go with them? I know, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. They, they're probably paying more than what Rudy Gay would have received at um, Adidas. I mean, yeah, Adidas or Nike, yeah. But I don't know if it's a lot of money. Let's be honest, though, man. Are you... Are you gonna buy shoes because Rudy Gay is with Puma? Like that's, I feel like he's a he's like an eighty two overall. If I'm gonna buy shoes, the player's gonna have to be eighty eight. You see what I'm saying? No, I don't because I feel like Rudy Gay is like a seventy six. <laughs> but if if we're um, I think but their, their bigger goal was really getting some fresh faces and hopefully things panned out very similar to what we saw with Curry, um, being able to just that was really lucky. I know, I know, that but it, really, it, really it may end up starting something that could potentially be bigger than. Than what they originally thought. So if they're able to find some players in this year's draft and the next year's draft, and, and build a, a roster of players on their on their on their team that has some really solid names to them, then you you'll be able to sell some shoes like that if you're Puma. 
But I mean, I, so I need I need I need really, to see the shoes first though before I like say I'm gonna buy them. Oh, they already showed some of the oh, shoes, I need to see these shoes. Uh, of. Yeah, I'll, I need to find a link and like they were like you know those. Think about a Puma in your mind. Envision a Puma. That's exactly what it looked like. It did not look like an NBA player. I'm gonna say I, when I see those. when I think of a Puma shoe, I think of a track. <laughs> I think of a track shoe. Now it was one of those flat vans looking at. Okay, shoes. or that, or the, the one or that, that is well, or that too. Yeah, you're right. One of those two. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know how this will work. Do you remember when like the entire NBA was like? Uh, wasn't it vans like in the late seventies or early eighties? You said vans. Uh, it was two. No, it was two brands that were dominating. Adidas and Converse. No, no, no. Converse. Converse was this the one. That was before Adidas. Vans. Oh my God! Stop. Okay, I don't, I don't, you know I'm not a stylist, my guy. I wear Nike shirts and fucking, I'm wearing blue and one shorts right now. I can't make this stuff up. I don't care about fashion whatsoever. But there's a possibility because it's been like that in the past and people rocked with it. It might be the new fashion, man. Yo, people will do ridiculous things in the name of fashion and like, and people will eat it up. When we see Russell Westbrook walk out in games with the most ridiculous attire with like, it looked like he got into a fight with a tiger. Comes out with a t-shirt that's all ripped up. And people are like, yo, that's style right there. I'll buy it. So, I mean, I won't count him out. I just don't know if I'll be buying Pumas specifically because they're starting to sign some NBA athletes. But Nike hasn't been doing, like, like Adidas has been on fire, low signing players. Especially younger guys. And I feel like Nike is kind of letting them do it. And I don't know why. I know Nike has all the big guns. You know, Jordan, of course, has Westbrook. But Adidas slowly might be coming into things. Of course, they got the Damian Lillards and, and the Andrew Wiggins. All them trash. You just said two huh. trash players. But I'm saying what they're trying to do is get younger guys. And I guess like what Steph Curry did with Under Armour is just blow up. And then you're worth so much money to the organization. They'll pay anything to keep you around. I guess. I guess. LeBron used to start his own shoe brand. <laughs> like the, the, the LeBrons and the KDs of the world... They don't need to be with Nike. They can start their own thing like Jordan did. Jordan is his own, own thing. That's a branch of Nike. What are you talking about? I mean, technically, he's under Nike, but he has his own established brand where there's not, it's not just a Nike sweatshop. It's still, there. it's, 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 you know yeah, exactly. It's, it's a Nike sweatshop. It's the sweatshop right next to the Nike one where they, where they, where they, they make the, um, they make the Kevin Durant's in the very next room. They making the, um, they making the LeBron's in that sweatshop. <laughs> word, word, word. Why is it so expensive if it comes out of a sweatshop, man? I mean, come on. I'm you, so confused. You know why, agent. Come on, chill out. If it comes out of the sweatshop, it can't be that expensive. Like, if it's going to be expensive, at least have it made by people who have, like, decent work conditions, you know, that are getting paid a decent wage. They're not going to be like, yeah, I understand why that shoe is $350, LeBron. But uh, I bought some LeBrons last year in L.A., Lo. I haven't touched them shits. If I buy three hundred fifty, I gotta find the most fantastic occasion to put on some three hundred dollars shoes, man. Oh yeah, you got you got LeBron's when you went to um the uh what's the thing called the NBA Live thing? It was the NBA Live. Yo, event. yeah. Next this year, tell them you wear a size thirteen and give me the shoe. No, no, no. I didn't get the LeBron's from them. I bought LeBron's from oh. Foot Locker, but I did get more kicks. I got like a, I got like a. It was like I think it was Vans, low. I think they gave me Vans. I'm gonna tell you, they I'm gonna tell you, I'm tell you right like now, these, agent. You wear a size thirteen from now on. I, I wear size. No, you wear you wear you wear a size thirteen for now on. You need to send me some. Okay, shit, all right, man. I'll bring you back. It'll be your gift for hitting one hundred k. I got you, bro. Yes. So just say you wear size thirteen. They don't mess with me no more, bro. I'm too real. 
Like, I don't, I don't just come on there like, oh, yeah, they added this and this. I, when I came back from that event, I was like, yo, this and this is nice, but this and this is some ass cheeks. And they just got, they're like, nah, we're not inviting him to any future events. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm crazy? If, you, if they yeah. invite you and you said, I wear size 13, and they're like, but but we, we, we swore you said size 11 last year. So uh, what's, what's really going on? They're trying to grill me, man. They're trying to get the, I don't know, this, whatever, at the end of the day. Uh, Lo, get yourself a Foot Locker plug, man. A lot of new sneakers seem to be coming out. Uh, Foot Locker plugs always get. 50% oh, I'm not. I'm off. not. I'm not into so. shoes. Just like I'm not into that shit like you are. You know, okay. Not. Even though I got me some, I, I got, I got I, me some I, Lebrons, but like I, I buy like one or two pair of Lebrons every year, and that's it. I'm not like all, all these other people. I get the cheap ones, Lo. Like I got PG ones for sixty dollars. No, 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 no. I, I got to get Lebrons. I'm not even like a LeBron fan like that. I just the way that his shoe feels—they look fantastic. Yeah, it feels yeah. ridiculously great. Yeah, uh, I I get like the because the LeBrons and the KDs and the Kobe's are mad expensive. You know what you got to do is you got to tag him early, man. I got the Kyrie threes from 2K free. Boom. Got Paul George ones for sixty dollars. I got a uh, Mellow M11s for like one hundred ten dollars. Like I just uh, I got Rose sevens, man. I don't even think Rose, Rose comes out with shoes no stop, more. Stop. Stop. Yeah, there, man. there's like there's like pages on Twitter that tells you like the the best um the best prices for like shoes and stuff like that. And so I just I just wait until oh yeah the LeBrons about to run out of a um a colorway or they're about to they're about the end of the season or just go to Europe. There's match it there, bro, and it's always available. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do because like right now I I wanted the LeBron um these are yeah LeBron 15s like all year. Jesus, he's on 15, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, w- I wanted LeBron 15s all year, and I'm like, bro, them, them, because sh- the LeBron 15s look hard as hell, and so I just waited till the end of the season, and they're cheaper than what they used to be. So that's what I'm gonna do. I like that, man. Balling on a budget. Hell yeah. On that note, uh, I definitely know there was more stuff I wanted to talk to you about. The um, the NBA awards, the rec- the NBA regular season awards are happening Monday. <laughs> I think it's unbelievable that it's taking this long. I don't even know who told Adam Silver that that was a good idea. Like, I really do not care anymore who gets last year's awards. We've already, it's, like, when is when is uh, free agency? Exactly. It's right around the corner, free, free man. Free agency is right around the corner. <laughs> you're telling me, you're about to tell me, you're about to tell me who, who the regular season awards were, even though the regular season ended, like, two months ago? Why do I care? They're trying to, what they're really trying to do, we know, is they're trying to, like, supplement... And make the NBA like an all-year thing. So people are always engaged. So like the NBA 2K League is part of it. They just had that started. Which is so trash. Run. That is trash. Okay. okay. Well, Jesus. No, no. That, no, that is trash. More people need, to, more trash, people need to straight up call that trash. Because that is trash. The NBA. That, well, okay, the, 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 two, the 2K League. I'm happy I'm not signed to like BBTV or NBA Playmakers. Whatever the hell that shit is called. That shit is trash. It's it's talk to me, man. They run the same, they run the same plays, the five out or the the four out one in shit, and everyone is just doing the same thing. Half of the team. Nah, I disagree. I think it's I think it's repetitive, but not because of those reasons. In regular pro am, there's a lot of five out, but the reason why the two K league is I think repetitive is because it's just paint mashing. They made three point shooting so challenging and inconsistent. No one could really be consistent, regardless of how fantastic your release is, and so. 
That's, I mean, that's part of the reason why the NBA put it in the offseason is so that people have something to watch NBA-related all year round. That's part of why they're delaying, like, the award show all the way until now is uh, Summer League is about to start up in a couple months. And, of course, free agency talk is going to keep us going for a while. But it's, it's really just paint matching, man. People just throw into the paint, pump fake, and then go up for a dunk. I don't and care. It's just what that's what the best thing man. Do. You can call it paint mashing. I call it trash. It don't matter what you call it. I'm not watching it. That's a fact. That shit. That, yeah, I don't understand like who thought that was a good idea, but it's not. It's a terrible idea. I mean, Madden has Madden has their league. I take and, that back. Uh, I take it back. It's not a bad idea. It's just that either 2K is trash, or that everyone just understands how to exploit the game. So now the community is trash. It's one or the other. Nah, it's, it's the first one. Okay, bro. 2K <laughs> trash. It's, it's it's tough to make an esport on like, on a bad game, and 2K18 is a historically boring game. But uh. I don't think the NBA knows none of that stuff. They kind of just thought that, like, look, League of Legends is making so much money. Fuck it. Let's try it out. Put in the off season. Did you know that, Lo, teams that bought in, the 17 teams, had to pay $750,000 for a three-year buy-in. So, that's not that, a lot that's like not that much, in Overwatch. That's not that much. I mean, when you think about it in the context of an NBA team, yeah. But if you think about it in the context of, if you have, let's say, like, let's say you have 5,000 live viewers. Right, that's not coming from ads, just organic viewers. That's not enough to pay for like the brand deals and the money you're making is is an immediate loss. There's no way the league is making money, zero percent chance. So the NBA, I guess, after three years, is gonna have to make a decision depending on growth. I mean, I know this is the first year, so you got to give a chance for it to build. Maybe 2K19 will be better and people will be more interested. And I think part of the reason also is, and we're kind of going off on a tangent here. That uh, the 2K League is at the end of the 2K cycle because they wanted to put it in the offseason. But people care most about 2K when it launches, like between September to like February. But those is not on in those months. Anyway, I hope it does well. I'm a little optimistic for it. Low-key, they've been making some nice changes. They finally switched from broadcast to the 2K cam, which is so much better to watch. Uh, they did this new thing with the face cams where you can see all the players' names and shit. They're getting players involved. Shaq is the GM of the Kings team, which is like he does. I don't think he does I'm shit. I'm about to, be to say you think like Shaq. Come on. <laughs> but uh, he's met with the players and stuff, and I guess it's cool. He's kind of repping it. It's the same way I guess he reps like his comedy events. He kind of just shows up from time to time. I think Shaq cares way more about his comedy stuff than that 2K stuff, bro. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he'll actually be in attendance for the comedy stuff. But uh, I don't know, man. Adam Silver was on there yesterday on the cast talking to uh, the commentators, talking about the league and where he wants it to go. They described it as the NBA's fourth league with the WNBA and the D League or the G League. I just call it trash. I mean, it's doing better than the G League already, but that doesn't mean it. I call it trash. I call it trash. Anyway, back to the point. Uh... The award ceremony. Let me get close. I don't care about that shit no more. They need to cut that out. <laughs> they, as soon as the season finishes, I want to know immediately who won. I don't want to wait till the first, second round in the playoffs to hear some. I don't want to wait till after the the playoffs. I don't want to wait till three weeks after the finals to find out. I was about to say, why do we know the finals winner before we know the regular season awards? What sense does that make? There is so many opportunities for content for the NBA if they want. It's ridiculous that they're stretching this out this late. It honestly kills the the hype around it. We listen, I don't even care at this point if Harden gets MVP or whoever gets any award. 
it doesn't matter. All that stuff is irrelevant. Yeah, I just I don't I don't get that point either, but I'm pretty sure Harden's gonna win MVP. I'm pretty sure Gobert's gonna win defense player of the year. I'm pretty sure the sixth man is gonna be um or most approved is gonna be um Victor Oladipo, you know, my guy Vic. You know, I just got He's the not your guy, Vic. bro. You're bandwagoning him like you're bandwagoning the Hawks. Stop, 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 stop. You know, Go I ahead. just yeah, I call him I call him Vic because that's how long I've been knowing him, you know. So You are so Vic, cringy. My guy Vic from Most Improved. Um, Ricky of the Year is going to be Ben Simmons. And I don't know who the hell going to be six, man. I don't know. Lou? Uh, yeah, it's, no. It's probably going to be Eric Gordon. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, there's somebody else is going to be a... Hold on, let me go. Let me see the nominees real quick. But I don't... But basically, simply put, I don't care. Because <laughs> that, I mean... The fact that they waited so long makes no sense, yo. You know what's funny is I know how it's gonna turn out. It's gonna be like ten minutes of actual like content. Like they got their awards, their speech in there. That's it. The rest of it is gonna be straight ads, bro. They're gonna be putting ads everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's gonna be ads and more ads and more ads. It's part of the reason why I don't watch the NFL anymore. It's like they get a touchdown and then it's like here's an ad. And then they do the kickoff, and they're like, here's another ad before they start their offensive possession. And then it's like every two-minute warning, oh, here's another ad. I'm tired of all the ads, bro. It kills it for me, man. It's like you got to get at least some sort of consistent, you know, it's cutting it up too much, man. You're just getting into it, and then it's like, oh, here's the new Mountain Dew. Buy it right now. Westbrook told you. Or really, Kevin Hart, who seems to be on every commercial nowadays. Kevin Hart told you to buy it, man. So go out and buy the new Mountain Dew. This podcast is sponsored by Mountain Dew. Do the do. You can get 20% off your next Mountain Dew purchase on their website. Let me chill out. Let me chill out. Face says. I don't know. I just, Adam Silver has to change that because, I mean, the idea is there. And that's cool and all. But waiting wait this late to announce the regular season awards in, basically in July. It'll be July. So that's ridiculous. And then we're mm-hmm. also going to be, people. you're basically anticipating free agency, but you're still earning I mean, you're still learning about some regular season awards from last year's se- uh, regular season. That that's just that doesn't make any sense. Big but, you facts. Know, it is big it facts. Is. You're not spitting no lies here. I see you. Facts. That's about um, it, then, right? What else is there to talk about, man? Well, we had we we haven't talked about the Kawhi thing. Speaking of free agency, Jesus, that's Yo, a big topic, man. Kawhi, you a bitch. <laughs> Whoa, that's what Bruce Bowen said, though. <laughs> like because he might. Well, first of all, no one doesn't care about bald ass head Bruce Bowen, who was a trash, overrated defender who just used to hurt players instead of actually playing defense. No one doesn't care about him. You were loyal to the um, to the um, Spurs because you're trash. You had no other place to go to. So that's a B. Um, Kawhi come to L.A. <laughs> facts, big facts. Big you, think that, you think that's what's gonna happen? Come on, agent. You know I think that's going to happen. I mean, what the rumors are saying so far is that teams are trying to put together packages, and the Spurs are listening, but they haven't seriously considered any offers as of yet. Hey, that's them. I'm telling you what I want, and it needs to be this um, Lakers. I go I as far as saying, bum-ass, scrubby-ass nigga, um, Lonzo Ball can get the fuck off my team. Let me chill out. Wow. Yo, they can have Lonzo... Uh-huh. Kuzma, Ingram, mm-hmm. they got anybody want as long as we get Kawhi, bro. Because if we get Kawhi, P 
PG and and okay, let's okay, let's really talk about this for a second. Hold on, let me let me let me set up real quick because uh, this is serious. Were you laying PG. down previously? Yeah, I was. Jesus, you PG. were podcast laying down, man. PG, Paul George. Let me let me talk to you real quick. If you stay in OKC, your career is done. It is ruined. There is nobody who is going to, especially since y'all are not going to win, let's be honest with ourselves. There's nobody who's even going to recognize you if you're playing under Westbrook. Because y'all are always going to get knocked out in the first round. Because that's how bad of a player Westbrook is. Still great. Holy. But he's not good enough to elevate his teammates. If you stay on that organization, and you can go wherever you want to, but we all know where you really need to go, which is L.A. But if you stay on that team of all teams, that'll be the worst decision you have ever made in your career. The worst decision. Like, worse than changing your number to 24. Because, you know, you thought you were Kobe for a second. I mean, you changed your number to 13. I'm about to say, what the fuck? I'm like, what did I miss last year? It should it should have been it should have been thirteen your entire career, but you you wanted to do twenty four because Loki you thought you were Kobe, but you not. So come to L A. You can be Kobe Light, playing next to LeBron and Kawhi, and your career will be fine. Oh my god, you sound like every Laker fan right now, though. But you, if you play that shit in OKC, your career is like no one is not going to be. I would I would argue that. He will be the laughing stock of the NBA because the, when I hear people reporting that like oh nah. he might stay in OKC no no wait, wait, wait I hear people say he might stay in OKC because you know he he's 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 starting to grow on Westbrook and Westbrook is starting to grow on him and he's starting to be sentimental about that man she gonna shut your ass up you played one year in OKC y'all were disappointing got knocked out in the first round. And Carmelo is coming back because he just opted into his contract, which everyone knew. People are breaking that as if like that's actual news. That's not news. I knew that Carmelo was going to opt into his his last year in his contract when he was with the Knicks. Like let's let's cut the cap. We all knew that he was going to take that money because that's Carmelo. So you're telling me you're going to run that back? Cut it out. You're not about to run that back. Not what. Not with trash ass Billy Donovan on the sideline, and not with Carmelo in the starting lineup. Cut it out. I think so that leave there. PG's gonna to leave LA. no matter what. When when Melo opted in, it was certifiable proof PG's not staying. He can't. So Melo just opted in to a was it twenty eight million, twenty seven point nine million dollar deal. That just means he doesn't really care about the team or winning, because he realized that's gonna be his last big check. Next year, Melo is he catching a cool nine million max. And okay, let's, you, right, let's, might, okay, so he's oh, all right. So you said nine million, and he might get veterans minimum if he goes to a championship team. I he say Melo gets. I I got Melo over ten next year. I don't think so. Who is it going to so be a bidding so, war? So you for, say, uh, for so you say old. Think about it, Lo. There's going to be a bidding war for an old athlete that can't play any defense or offense anymore. Apparently, is incredibly inconsistent and refuses, by the way, to sacrifice. For the better men of the team. Actually, no championship team will take him. He's going to want to start. It don't have to be a championship team, though. But you're saying, because I want people who listen to this, add us on Twitter and put it, you know, in the comments or whatever. 
How much you think Melo gonna get after his last big contract? Is the cap because agent bro. agent you got nine million or below? I think he can pull out ten million. I I can't see. Well, I don't know why a team would do that. How old is he? Like thirty four now? Thirty five? He'll be three about thirty four when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think 30- I think you for, I think you forgetting this is a league that has the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <laughs> And I think you, I think you underestimating how desperate Melo might be because Melo might low key be like, "But let me go see what's going on with the Clips," and so the Clippers why, gonna be like, "Yeah, we'll throw you about seven mil." He Melo gonna be like, "Oh, y'all must got me fucked up, and y'all think I'm gonna sit on the bench for seven mil?" And he gonna he gonna weigh his options, and he gonna be like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'm going to Sack Town for that sack. Get me about ten mil real quick." Right, I think you Melo start bouncing right, around the country. They did do that with Vince Carter as well. I remember exactly. Melo will start bouncing around the country for that bag. Let's not ever get that mistake. But, but you got nine I think million. I, just, I got ten. I got ten. I got ten. You don't million. think he values a championship more at this point? Why would he? Because he needs a championship. Does he, or does he need that bag? I mean, the championship because you could. Everybody wants legacy, man. They want to come into the NBA, make a name for themselves, make an impact, and be remembered. You can't be remembered. Does that really? But does that really impact his his legacy? Because, like, for example, Gary Payton won a championship while coming off the bench for Miami, and no one doesn't really talk about that. Like, we we already knew Gary Payton's legacy was already cemented before he went to Miami. Yeah, yeah. And so, if he if he's going to be a contributor on a championship team, like a major contributor, then yeah, you're right. But Melo, even on a team that's getting knocked out in the first round, he's not even a major contributor. So how are you going to be a major contributor on a, a championship team? So he's going to take that $10 million and he's going to be keep getting that bag. Or he might just retire. Say, oh, no, Melo not retiring. Why not? If there's $10 million on the table, agent, you think he's going to retire? <laughs> you never know, man. <laughs> Stop. You think Melo about to retire with $10 million on the table? You crazy. He might just say, like, I'll you even, know, you want to if, Even if there's $8 million on the table, Melo's not about to retire. Come on now. I think Melo and D-Wade might retire together. Stop. Don't say D-Wade. Chill out, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> Why, man? You got sentimental? Yeah, chill out, bro. I mean, that's, he's going to retire a- eventually, right? I mean, he gonna retire, but don't I don't no don't don't say that don't say it yet. I mean, he's he's playing like half the games in the season. I don't care. I don't Aside care. From one game man. in the playoffs, all, he wasn't even. It's really all performing. worth it for that. It's all worth it for that one playoff game that he has. It's always <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Where he looks like the the 2006 Dwayne Wade all over again. Yeah, that it's just that it's that one playoff game. You know you know D Wade reminds me of when he does that. He reminds me of like the Wolverine movie where um Logan shot himself up. For that final scene, you mean the one called Logan? Yeah, Logan. Yeah, in Logan. Jeez. And and I get yeah, Wolverine and Logan. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. He he shot himself up for that last little scene for he can go out there and well, start. Don't, I didn't watch it, but all right. I guess Shut now. Oh, um, okay. Spoiler I, I, I don't need to watch it anymore. All right, that's fine. But um, yeah, that's that's what he reminds me of. Like the whole movie, Logan was trash. And he was able to kind of maneuver every now and then with his smarts, but he was, for the most part, Logan was trash in that entire movie. And then, like, he got to the end, and he shot himself up. He was like, let's get it. D-Way being a back and during the regular season, trash. Then the playoffs come, he shoot himself up real quick, he be ready to go. <laughs> Do you know Biombo and Fournier are getting paid $17 million each? 
Yeah, I didn't know that. I did. We need, we need to get rid of the Orlando Magic as an organization. Bring back like I know. Did you hear rumors about? Uh, I think it was Kansas was trying to get a team. Uh, and or I heard Seattle. they're trying to. I heard they about to have another expansion. That's what I heard. Oh, I didn't know it was gonna be an expansion. I thought a team was gonna uh, dip. Team was just gonna sell or move. No, I I heard I heard that there's gonna be two teams, one in Kansas for the Eastern Conference, and they're gonna bring back Seattle for the Western Conference. I don't I don't like that idea because that means they would have to divide the conferences. It would it would uh there would always mean, be divide one divide the conferences. You, you it's one in the East and one in the oh, West. No, not the con- I might say the, the divisions. Because there would be no one, one division. Doesn't with... care about divisions anymore. Because there's a division title. I mean, the Raptors hang him up on the roof, man. They must mean something. Y'all are the only. <laughs> like I just wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase. Let me say it again, real quick. Nobody does not care about divisions. Okay, okay, okay. All right, you're right, man. You're right. You're right. I just think that it might be a little bit uneven. Like the, I think the NFL has 32, right? Yeah. No one doesn't care about that. Um. Yeah, I heard they're gonna do that. Also, um, Adam Silver has speculated about putting a hard cap on the NBA, which is always interesting. The Players Association would never let that happen. Oh, you already know they're not. Yeah. David David Stern tried to do that a year, a few years ago, and Chris Paul just straight up like, "Man, we ain't having that shit." <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> you, you know what's funny is like that's a bargaining tactic. So like. The, the league will come up and be like, yeah, no, we're actually considering instituting a hard cap. And this is like the CBA when they're negotiating. And then what the league will do is be like, all right, we'll drop the hard cap situation if you'll give us this. So they'll bring up an issue and then omit that issue almost like, like this sales tactic is called anchoring. Just so they can sell the thing that they actually want. So that's probably what's going to end up happening. If they ever get a hard cap in, I'd be excited. It would suck for the players. I'd kind of be sad. Like, go ahead, get that bag. Those like those five year, two hundred thirty million supermax deals would like like you got to really consider it at that point if you can cap out at a certain point. But I think it's good for the NBA. I'm tired of these teams getting together. They need to do something about super teams. And this players' association is getting in the way of that, man. This is not okay to have these super teams looking like this. It's not fun to watch Golden State sweep the the team that made it out of the East. I was going to say the best team in the East. You catch that? And then I caught myself. Uh, they weren't the best team in the East. Who was the best team then? I think Boston was the best team. They just didn't have Kyrie. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were going to say Toronto. I'm and Toronto. To <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, uh, agent. Or maybe Yo, even the Pacers. I, the Pacers. I just remember when... Um, What's my man named David Stern was the commissioner and um like they were doing an interview and they were he was kinda like walking through the process of putting in a hard cap. Yeah. But instead of calling it a hard cap, he was saying, Yeah, man, we really uh really think about this and we're talking long and hard about the, what the players and we really I think we're getting close to really instituting that uh that flex cap that we have going on. <laughs> that flex, flex cap is really gonna work. Yeah. And then the the I can't remember what like channel this was on, but like the news kind of cuts off to Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's just like, we ain't doing that hard cap shit. Like <laughs> like he's like, bro, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but we're not doing no hard cap. Let's cop stop all this flex cap. We getting this as hard as soft cap. You ain't naming nobody nothing. Give me that soft cap. The NBA Players Association has easily been the most successful one in the major league sports. Uh, in the four sports, NHL, NFL, MLB, and the NBA. Uh, although the MLB led the front, it was the first like major union to really give power to the players. 
The NBA, just think about it, Lo. Anthony Davis can get injured, and he will still get paid the full $230 million in his five-year deal. In the NFL, players are begging for guaranteed contracts, especially because it's such a contact-heavy sport, and they just can't get it. No league in North America gets paid, does, doesn't give out to the players nearly as much as the NBA does. They have the biggest contracts. Maybe the MLB, because the MLB doesn't have soft or hard caps. You can just pay for anything and everything. And so sometimes a pitcher will get like an insane amount of money, but it more regularly happens in the NBA. And I think that's awesome. And I know that the players... Look, I'm telling you, bro, there's going to be a lockout, man. There's going to be a lockout in a couple years, bro, and it's going to suck. It's going to be a shortened season because I know the Players Association will not give up. But they're, they're going to have to do something in the CBA about super teams. And now, they're going to have to make I'll, it... I'll say this, though, real quick before... Sorry to cut you off, but I don't necessarily know... And we would have to figure out the player that's going to step up to the plate... I don't know of a player that's willing to like do that though. Do what? Like what Chris Paul did and what Derek Fisher Chris did. Chris Paul was when just a were... face. There's actual like. I know, piece. but when I'm when I'm basically what I'm saying is, who are the players? Because I know like LeBron is part of it and so is Carmelo. But like, who are the players that will be part of the CBA who will be representing representing the uh, the union I don't think to the make the decision? Say that again. I don't think the players matter. The executives that are that that get paid, that's it's literally their job to fight for the rights of and like so the players can get paid, get whatever. Like, I know, but those, the but the players but the players are the ones who are relaying the message to yeah, I'm not saying right. yeah. So I I'm just trying to figure out which players would be like and I mean we didn't know that Chris Paul was gonna be that guy until it actually happened. So don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I think what ended up happening was that it was just a very unique circumstance that kind of set in when they brought in the, the union and Chris Paul. And to his credit, I'm not saying they're trying to discredit him or anything like that, but he's been very active. He's been very demanding of certain aspects that have gotten us to this point where you have multiple players getting ridiculous contracts, and also yeah. there's a level of flexibility with the with the salary cap that you can make an argument is hurting the league. But re- regardless, it's, it's definitely benefit, it's benefiting the players financially. I don't necessarily so, know though if there's that many players, and it's, again, it's not just Chris Paul because LeBron has been very vocal about this. So is Carmelo. Um, I know, um, uh, like I said, Derek Fisher, he was part of it as well. Kobe said a it's few It's more than that, bro. I'm on the website well. right now. There's plenty of players. So the way it works is like there's an executive. Oh, no. I, again, I, I, I'm not saying that it's not plenty of players, but there's still presidents of it and there's still faces of it who are pushing the players in a certain direction. Because, and I'm saying all of that to say, and I don't, I don't necessarily know if he wanted to have a role into this, but when Michael Jordan was in the league, he didn't have, he didn't, he just wasn't a big face of it. He just didn't really have that much say so of it. And actually, he took pay cuts for a majority of his career until they just paid him back towards the end and gave him a ridiculous amount of money. But for example, how aggressive Michael was when he was in the league when it comes to the amount of money that was being allocated to the teams. And how aggressive Chris Paul and LeBron have been is two level of aggressiveness that have gotten two different results. And so I I know I don't know if it's because Yo, the players Chris Paul and LeBron have been shit, that man. aggressive or is just natural progression. I, I'm just I'm just c- curious what's going to happen 
and the next generation of, of players. That's all. No, the, the the players are just like the faces. They're the guys with the leverage at the end of the day because they're the product. So, I mean, the way it works, uh, the way I understand it, is there's an executive committee. There's like 10 guys. I know Chris Paul, LeBron, Iggy, Stephen Curry, and I think Pau Gasol might be in it too and a bunch of others. They're like the face of the MBPA. But on top of that, each team has a player representative in the MBPA. And they also have like a second man up, almost like. Uh, so they have one and then a two player representatives from each team. And that also includes uh, the around 100 people that work for the player organization that are just executives that work in different branches. And so those are the guys that actually make the deals happen. The Chris Pauls and the LeBron James. And I'm glad they... Like, I think they also have some representatives in the executive committee that aren't big players. Because sometimes, like, if you're LeBron James, you might want to work for your own interests. But a player getting paid $1 million a year might not have the same interests as you. And so they kind of have some diversity in that. But they fight really hard, man. And the NBA is a unique league in that they actually let the players speak out. Like, they actively have Jeff Van Gundy all the time complaining about stuff. Like, blaming the league for stuff and just this needs to fix and this needs to fix. They that's, have players. That's just, uh, I think, and that's going, I'm sorry to cut you off again. I think that, that might just be an Adam Silver thing. Because I It was before remember. Adam Silver too. Like, late David Stern, he was doing the same thing. Like, in the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think David Stern, he let up a lot, but I just vividly remember David Stern. It was like, if some shit was happening, where David Stern would have laid, laid the goddamn hammer down and been like, yeah, y'all better shut the fuck up real quick because y'all, I'm already giving y'all all this money. Shut the fuck up, enjoy yourselves, and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's what like, he did I mean, to, to Iverson, man. He bullied that guy with all these ridiculous which is, which policies. Is cr- which, which is the craziest thing in the world because the shit that players are wearing right now, and I'm not, like, hating on the players or anything worse. like that, but, like, I just I vividly remember David Stern making the, um, the dress code, like, a serious thing to the point where he was adding things to the dress code and here we are now, and it like that is just out of the window. That's out. That is out of the window. I think that. And, I think the, they wanted like the white suburban family that makes like seventy thousand a year. They wanted that family to get interested in the NBA because like obviously like people like the hood obviously huge fans of basketball. Black people in general, right? Uh, and then like they they kind of wanted to grow their appeal. Like there was this one Drake bar low that went something like. People think I've changed because my I grow my I don't remember the lyric, but it had something to do with growing your appeal. People thinking you changed up on him. I think that's what he was trying to go for. And then what he realized is he doesn't have to change the players for that exact demographic to enjoy watching basketball. And so as basketball continued to grow, late David Stern in like 2000, 2008, like he started to let up on those policies and Adam Silver took over. And now players just wearing whatever they want. As long as they don't come up with a t-shirt that says like, uh, I'm just trying to think of the most ridiculous thing. Like, I love Hitler. Then like, boom, Adam Silver's hitting you. But as long as you don't come out with nothing ridiculous, as long as like, you know, you're doing your thing, whatever it's fashion, whatever, like, and I love it. And so... It's, it's so rare, though. You see what's happening to the NFL players? Like, they're, they're kneeling to protest police brutality, 
And then people are like, stop disrespecting the flag. It's like, no, the whole point of us kneeling is to bring attention to a real issue in society. And people keep switching the narrative and attacking the players. And literally, like, news outlets are coming out with these straight-up lies that they have to end up apologizing for. Just because, like, these players, relative to NBA players, NFL players are, like, slaves out there. In terms of just how they're treated by their organization. How they're treated by the fans, the media. And so, this is a very big... I mean, I would love to just sit and talk with, like, player association rep. I will just... What goes through their mind, man? Or what really... Like, they have a hundred people working, but I'm just so curious what they do on a day-to-day basis when they're not negotiating a new CBA. Like, what's the ten people in senior management or working operations or marketing or communications? But anyway, uh, that's just my little rant on the player association. Shout out to them, man. Do you remember the days where, like, the best players in the NBA in the 90s were getting paid, like, $5 million or, like, $3 million a year? <laughs> well, again, I think, I think that's because they didn't, they didn't push for it. Because, again, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not 100% sure because it definitely could have been a few things that, that made the difference. But, when you, again, when you have the best player in the league who's consistently taking pay cuts, it's kind of hard to go to David Stern and asking for more money. When Michael was taking pay cuts, yeah, and, that's and, a really good point. And so, like, if if Michael keeps taking pay cuts and no one else is getting paid, nothing of significance. But then in the very next generation, where you got Shaq, who's making business decisions and and jumping from team to team depending on who's paying the money, and Kobe being very vo- verbal about how much he's getting paid, and and just you just had a whole bu- a whole bunch of, I don't know, maybe not a whole bunch, but you have definitely had more players who are way more concern and aware what was going on financially mm-hmm. and so when michael is being that player and, and also on the flip side of things before michael you had players like um isaiah thomas who was very vocal about his disdain with certain aspects because if you don't know yeah. the the salary cap was implemented in the mid 80s and so the whole reason why they have like for example bird rights once they once david stern implemented the cap rule well not cap rule he just implemented caps once he implemented a salary cap, he didn't take into account, like, for example, the um, Boston Celtics had so much talent on their roster that it ended up hurting them. So he obviously made bird rights. You can have a player for three years like Larry Bird and you can keep going over the salary cap. And so certain aspects like that, where you have players who are voicing their opinion in organizations who are more vocal about the situation that can aid you in the process of getting where you believe that players and organizations need to be on the same page. But if Michael, for a a six, seven, eight-year period, is taking pay cuts, then it's harder for, like, Patrick Ewing to be like, yeah, man, we should get paid more money. And it's like, everybody's like, Patrick Ewing, shut the fuck up, man. Michael's taking pay cuts. Like, (laughs) chill out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of hard for that to happen. But, I mean, who knows? I just want to see how it's going to develop because... I think that they have to make some type of changes. And if it doesn't have to be in a salary cap, it just needs to be some type of changes in general because the direction that the NBA is leading into, it, it it's kind of scary because I don't necessarily know how it's going to work. And I, I'm all for player mobility. I have no problem with that. But you, you get to a point where things start to get unbalanced and that kinda, it, it kind of then defeats the purpose of a salary cap because the whole purpose of a salary cap, for people out there who don't know that and why David Stern implemented in the 80s, in the mid-80s, it's because teams were getting out of hand. Like they were just, the 76ers just added um, 
uh, um, uh, Malone, added Moses Malone, and they had little to no consequences. And the Houston Rockets are tanking, and then you got Boston, they added Dennis Johnson in the middle of the 80s. Like, you just got teams just adding a whole bunch of pieces. The Lakers are adding pieces as well. And so it, it just it made it difficult for other organizations to compete, and thus you have a salary cap. If we get to a point where the salary cap don't even matter because you have so much fluctuation with with the cap and there's no rules and more ex um exceptions are being implemented, I don't know. You just you got to be very careful with that. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see, but I hope everything works out because you know I don't I don't want to watch the NFL. That's just a fact. Yeah, that's that's just the way it is. With no hard cap, like the bigger markets are always going to win because they could always pay more because they'll end up making more money. Off of everything from just sales on tickets to they're going to have more people watching because New York is... New York could be horrible forever, though. New York is still the, the biggest franchise in the NBA. It's worth more than LA. It's worth more than Boston. If they were to sell, New York would make the most money. It is the most valuable. And exclusively because it's just the biggest city in North America. Point blank, period. And there's no other way to put it. So, yeah, I mean... As long as like as long as there's no hard cap, the bigger cities are always going to find a way to continue to bring the talent because they can always afford to pay more. And the OKCs and the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be the ones that suffer because they're not going to want to shell out and deal with the insane luxury taxes that some teams will have to deal with next year just because they went over the the soft cap. So I guess there's that. I mean, at least there's a luxury tax. So if you're going to go over, you better make sure you're winning or else you're going to have to be dealing a lot of multiples on that uh, luxury tax. It's like it's like when you're playing Monopoly, man. It's like you could land at Boardwalk or Park Place. If you land at luxury tax, you need to kill yourself immediately because that is just horrible luck, my guy. Just fold the game board and move on to the next one. It's probably not meant for you, especially if it happens back to back to back to back. I'm the king at hitting luxury tax, man. It's just what I do. That being said, yeah. Lo, I don't know how we got to this point, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think we're talking about either. stack teams and then the MVP, the MBPA. I, I'm, last thing I remember we, us talking about was the um, awards being set. Right, I remember us right. Not, not really caring about that, so we talked about something else. Um, and, yo, before before we actually wrap up this podcast, because I just noticed how deep we, we're on the pod right now. Yo, give, give me your, um, your top 10 list all time, man. What? Give them your top ten list all time. Like players in the two K league? No, players in in NBA history. We talking about uh, like which team in NBA history? All 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 of NBA history. Give it to him, man. I hit a hundred K. That list. Yo, is, as a uh... side note, I, I hit a hundred K, and so I told y'all that list is gonna be coming out. Oh, so is that what we're waiting for? hundred K. Yeah. Listen, man. When you drop your top fifty, bro, I'll drop my top ten. How about that? I'll drop that shit right now on Twitter, Agent. Don't say that. No, you won't, because you're going to want to drop a video on it. I know you. Oh, wow. This guy right here. <laughs> yo, uh, we got to talk about this off pod, I guess. But, yo, Instagram might be a thing because of Instagram TV. But we, we'll figure out. We'll figure out. Right. Why would you bring uh, it up on podcast if you want to talk about it off the podcast? Though? Just so just so I can let all the listen, listeners know to look out for a, a new Instagram page of mine. Because I might be uploading some IGTV stuff. Oh, that's you know? so cringy. Just saying that IGTV. IGTV. Like a, sounds like a Russian brand of very, very biased television <laughs> coverage. Face ass. Yo, hey, um, yo what's, your, what's your player to pie, yo? 
Oh, I forgot to do that, bro, man. Who, who's your player of the pod? I said, what's My your player of the pod? pod is Aaron Holiday, bro. I hope you do fantastic and you do just as good as my guy, Drew. Good luck. Yo, my, my player of the pod is Giannis. He was on, uh, I think he was on Instagram Live, and he was he said, uh, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." I don't play Fortnite either. I just foreplay at night. <laughs> ah, he got bars, man. Right, right. That's that's that's. Also, that's, he's rumored to be on the cover of the standard edition of NBA Two K eighteen. I mean nineteen. Also, they someone asked him, "Is he is he uh, is is Mo better than him?" And he looked over to his girlfriend. It might actually be his fiance or whatever. She's she nice. I I, I never guess. I don't. Uh, she was she was off cam, and he was like he was like Mo, who the hell is Mo? And then she was like, <laughs> how do you, how do you spell it? And he was like M O. And then she was like, oh, I think they talking about Mo Bamba. And then he looked back at the camera and he was like, oh that guy, oh Mo, oh hell no, nah he not. he he that's a good kid. He he's he's a nice guy. But hell no, that shit is hilarious. He like he dead ass just broke character and was like, hell no, Mo Bama not better than me. So shout out to Giannis, yo. One of the I ain't gonna lie, I I love that we might have a generation of players that are gonna keep it a hundred. I like LeBron and them, but LeBron be doing too much too much passive aggressive petty stuff. It's like, bro, just just say what you mean, LeBron. Facts Stop. he does, bro. Let's keep it a buck. I like the whole Embiid talk. I like the Giannis talk. If if Trey Young coming with that mouthpiece pause, I want it. That's that sounded so suspect. Yeah, I want to see that, that too. The Kuzma, like, and the Lonzo's going. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, I like man. I like the Donovan Mitchell talk too, bro. I, I want to. I, that's what I want to see, bro. I don't want to see all of that strategic and calculated. Live in the moment, man. Just chill out. I know LeBron. So, Lo, you had a fantastic game today. Tell me what was going on through your mind when you were playing. Oh man, you know. Gotta first of all, I gotta thank my teammates because you know they always they always doing good for me and yeah, making yeah. the right cuts, playing defense, and you know I just I went out there did what I can, you know just out there just doing what I can, getting the assists mm-hmm. and rebounds. But really, it's just great coaching staff and great great teammates, and thank you to the man above, man. That's all I gotta say. All right, thank you very much. Have a good night. <laughs> That's how they all go, man. Every single one of them. Every single one of them, man. Well, oh, no, we just, or he said, we just went out there, we executed hard, we played hard defense, man, and we're going to keep doing the second half. That's all. It's just like generic stuff. <laughs> it's all obvious stuff. Literally, the like, what did you do well? Oh, well, we played good defense. We need to work on this and this. But all we got, if we just go out there and put buckets, we'll be all right. It's like, yeah, I mean, they just said a lot of obvious stuff. And we're like, yeah, this is very good insight. All right, very fantastic interview. And it's always Doris Burke asking the questions, man. I feel bad for Doris Burke. Nobody ever gives Doris Burke insightful answers. Like, when they set that off-ball screen, we were looking at heads. But what they did was they juked us and did this and that. And so next time, we're going to come and... We, so they can't really say all that because they can't tell everybody what their plan is. So they just give them all these cookie-cutter answers, man. That's you know, Doris Burke. You know, you know, I thought, though, I, I think the league... The league needs like a villain. A league needs a someone when they answer like answer me that ask me that question one more time. So Lo, you played a fantastic game. Talk to me about what was going on through your mind during all of this. Yeah, man, I was cooking the hell out of Harden tonight. He couldn't guard me at all, man. <laughs> I I knew I knew he was trash on defense. So the whole game plan was just switch him on me, cook him real quick. 
break him off a little bit, make him feel embarrassed, and on the other end, clamp his ass down because he always do the same thing over and over again. He's really not that good of a player. I just outplayed him every single guy, every single time, man. If they ever did that, you would need a lot of players to do that for it to be acceptable. Because if one player did that, the next bad performance he had in any game, they would cook the soul but that's, out of him. That's, for that. that's that's the good point. It would keep you on your toes. It would keep it would keep you to the point where you gotta you always like nah. I, I gotta make sure I always play good because if I play bad, I know for a fact they're gonna cook me. So if you go out, you go out there and you just like always just be giving it. You gonna be straight, yo. You gonna be straight. Yeah, that's like at the wreck, man. You, all you need is like. One bad defensive possession or where someone did a crossover and got you. And, like, that's all they'll be talking about for the next four months. So you got to make sure you're on your shit. Still, though, that's that, that's what they need in the NBA. They need somebody to be like, he couldn't guard me, so I had to go out there and give it to him, drop that little 40-piece on him real quick. Next time, you're going to have to try a little better, or change his lineup or do something because, you know, he was just straight <laughs> up. Couldn't do nothing for me, yo. Oh, maybe one day. Well, maybe the next generation after this one. They're evolving slowly, though. The the generation that gets drafted in 2040 when you're like 102 years old, that's the one, bro. That's the one where everybody's going to be telling the truth no matter what the case is. Hey, shout out to the two Canadians that got drafted, Justin Jackson and uh, Shy Gilliagis Alexander. Don't know how to say he that. He trash. Name. He trash. I don't know why. A point guard that can't shoot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you done talking shit about my Canadians, though? What's wrong with you? You have the first of all, y'all Canadian lineup is trash. Second of all, I think we got. I think I think Atlanta it's got two the, players. This is the I best it's ever been in history, actually. Stop. And that's a problem right there. I mean, because Andrew Wiggins won't play for the national team, and he's our best player. We used to have Steve Nash playing for us. Remember that. Bro, if Andrew Wiggins is your best player, that is a problem, yo. I mean, we could easily get like second with Andrew Wiggins. Bro, cut it out. All of Brazil's problem. players are old. Literally all of them. Who they have? Leandro Barbosa. Wasn't Nene Brazilian? Uh, Argentina had what? Manu Ginobili. Tony Parker was French, right? Tony, They have Gobert now, maybe. Like, Spain, Pau Gasol is old. Like, literally all the all the international teams are slowly, like, fading away. And then it's just U.S. obviously is going to win first every single time. I'm just saying if Wiggins played, we could hit a second real quick. All I know was we got Wendell Carter. So, shout out to... To Wendell, what does that we mean? We got uh, he he was he was born in Georgia. Oh, really? Say Shout out to Wendell. But you're not Carter. a fan of you're not a fan of Atlanta or Georgia, so. Shout out to um Jalen Brown. I see you out here, boy. You getting you putting that work in? Is Shout he from Georgia? To, yeah, he from uh Marietta. Shout out to uh Malcolm Brogdon. Shout out to KCP J Crowder. I peep y'all in the game. You dig? You know what I'm saying? So cringy, I, I see oh y'all. God. Yo. Oh my God. Someone got to make a list of players, cause I think I think our, our lineup will be able to beat Charles. No, you wouldn't. Not even close. Right, I got Tristan isn't, Thompson. Isn't Dwight Howard also from Atlanta? Not Tristan. Or am I Dwight. Oh yeah, we ain't talk about the Dwight Howard. Ain't really much to talk about. Yo, shout out, yo, man. Yeah, we forgot about tough. Dwight Howard's trade. Wow, we really don't care about him, man. Yo, hopefully Dwight gets his stuff together. But yo, if we got Dwight at the five and y'all got Tristan Thompson at the five, bro, we winning. Uh, we we could have a Olenek, Kelly Olenek. Or yeah, that's, like a, that's a joke. We got <laughs> the fact that we got we have Wendell Carter at the four, Dwight at the five, Jalen Brown at the two. I guess we throw in um. 
I'm trying to find somebody else besides Jay yeah. Crowder. But it may be Jay Crowder at the three. KCP yeah. coming off the bench. We got uh Malcolm no Brogdon as well. Okay, there you go. Cut, cut it out. Cut it out, agent. We would beat y'all, man. We'll we'll arrange the game, all right? Well I'll I'll get I'll get my guy to call your guy. How's that sound? Face, you get my guy to call my guy. Whatever. All, right. man. all I all I know is yo, we killing it. On that note, thank you guys for listening to the Off Top Podcast, otherwise known as that I forgot what I named it. That's a pretty bad podcast naming podcast, man. I messed that up. I apologize. Uh, I'm starving right now, and it's like 2 a.m., so I'm going to go ahead and eat something. Uh, if you guys enjoyed, haven't already, drop a five-star low. Any last words? Um, peace! peace. Oh. I, I, I deserve that. I deserve. Hey yo, but real quick though, yeah, shout out to everybody for real for supporting me and stuff like that. Honey K, next step is um one hundred and one hundred and one thousand. So you know we are gonna keep this steady <laughs> what and the slow. Fuck? All right, man. You need a you need a dream big, low dream big.